poids. Welcome to the show. This, this is our view from, from the bench. Well, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I'm Brendan, the eighth substitute for our local three-on-three pickup team. And I'm Corey, a caddy for the JV golf team. And like Brendan said, happy Monday. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Yeah. How was your weekend, dude? Ah, uh, it was all right. I worked the Lost Eighties Live concert on Saturday, and uh, going into oh, it right, knew yeah. like no artists by their names, but realized as walking around the arena while working it that I actually knew some of the songs by like hearing it, but did not ever realize who sang the song. So like, I learned Two of Hearts is sang by Stacy Q. That is definitely something I never knew before. Ah, okay. I guess that makes sense. That's like one of those things where you're like. Uh... You have to hear the song in order to know which one it is. You, you know, you may not recognize it by just a name that you you know weren't around for. Right? Yeah, so, which when there's twelve artists in three and a half hours, it tells you everybody's got like twenty minutes max. So you probably have like one hit wonders, basically, <laughs> essentially playing most of this as was as what I basically learned from that. So, but it was other than that, I slept yeah, all day. All then. Yeah, I slept all day Sunday basically because I got home super late from the concert of working it, and, uh, and then just getting ready for the show. So, how was your weekend? It was good, man. Uh, that's pretty much what I did on Saturday was chill. Took the wifey's car to get some stuff uh, updated and repaired, just like normal checkup stuff on her car. And I ate, made some breakfast and then took a nap right right away. <laughs> it was a very, very lazy day. And then Sunday, pretty much the same, hung out with Lafay And we watched the Little League World Series final, which we'll talk Heck about yeah. soon. It was a great game. Um, yeah, other than that, just kind of relaxed. Back to work, uh, you know, good old Monday. So Yep, good old Monday. Back to work, like you said, man. I was at a day shift today, so back at it. But now we're going to go exactly. into uh, so, uh, we, some playoffs with the baseball. That's uh, the playoff chase is what we're about four, four and a half, five weeks away, I think, from playoff time. And things are getting crazy. Yeah, everybody's got like about what, less than 40 games left, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think that's what we're about. And I know the Dimebacks are losing right now to the Dodgers, which is not helping us in the wild card chase. But let's start in the AL East with uh, Tampa and Baltimore, just going back and forth, battling for the AL East title. This is just one the way Tampa started so hot. I never thought anybody would have a chance to catch them, but now that Baltimore is ahead of them and actually Tampa has just been playing terrible in the second half. It's kind of crazy to think that Baltimore might actually hang on and get the number one seed in the American league after all this. Yeah. After starting like, like we talked about the last in an earlier episode coming from almost worst to first kind of story in, in one season, not necessarily over a progression of a longer period of time, just in one season is pretty cool. So uh, cool story. We'll see how they fare in the postseason. I feel like these things can happen though in baseball because it is that sport. That's an individual sport where as much as chemistry is helpful and you, you know, you hope that the people get along really as everybody is just doing their job and is talented and can make what they do click. It should it should work. So um, that's kind of cool thing about baseball is you don't need to like build that like you do with basketball, where every single play and each angle and corner needs to be kind of mapped out and practiced, so you know where everybody's going to be at exactly what time and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, interesting to see. Absolutely, and that's what makes baseball the best when it comes to playoff time. Like I love October baseball; every single pitch matters. Although this year it might be different if they're still going to have the pitch clock in the playoffs because it's going to make everything up you know a little more fast paced compared to what we're used to come playoff time. 
Yes, true. So that's but that's good. That's good. There's actually we have some info about that. Stay tuned about the the whole pitch clock stuff. That's actually some interesting thing. I like the uh, I like the implementation of it. So um, I'm excited to see. I guess for October baseball, I guess it is kind of nice to have it be nice and slow because it kind of sometimes maybe it's a little bit too long and it carries on, but it kind of keeps you in that moment as opposed to needing to like rush through it. I feel like a lot of life is rushed and it was nice that baseball was the sport that you had that wasn't uh, with a clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that they've implemented it again for regular season games, it does make the season, the very long season more enjoyable, but there's something about like just all of that, that exact moment and being in it for however long it is because the batter steps out and then the pitcher just kind of takes his time and so many different like intricacies in it is uh, kind of fun. So that'll be a little bit lost, but it's uh, still exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's what makes like playoff baseball that crazy because everything is if you can slow it down. And at the end of the day, like it's it's a game, but it's also an entertainment product. And for an entertainment on TV wise, everything drawn out, everything taking longer. Like you said, pitchers throwing over to first just just to check on them and draw it out, or let somebody get warm in the pin out of the out of the pin to get ready for them to come in later or quicker than they thought. Like all that stuff comes into play when it when you go into the playoffs like that. So I'm kind of hoping they might take it away. I don't know if that's the talk or not, but. It would be great to see. Right. Extremely long mound visits, right? Where they're <laughs> just really asking what they're doing after the, at, at the end of the night, if you know, they're what they're going to order for room service and stuff <laughs> like that. I'm not really talking about the game. There's not that much to talk about. You know, this guy's pretty good at hitting the fastball. So make sure you pitch him low and away outside. Yeah, okay. Don't throw. Anyway, so we're just trying to make this guy get warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then, uh, I mean, like I said, it's just uh, between yeah, those two. It's, it's, it's be interesting. It's Tampa and Baltimore at the East. That's basically the battle. Uh, we look at the Central. Uh, in the Ten AL. and a half games back for Toronto is a little too much. Yeah, yeah I don't think they're going to make it. They might win a wild card spot, but they're definitely not going to catch the division. And then, like I said, go to the AL Central with the Twins. They're leading it. They're not a great team. Uh, when you look at them on paper, their roster doesn't really jump out at you, but they are top eight as far as, like, ERA and, and all of baseball. So, if the pitching can hang and they can score enough runs, which I think they're like twenty in the in the in the MLB, so they're right. I'm sorry, fifteenth. So they're right there. That like if they can just hang and score and also not allow very much on the pitching side, maybe they actually can do an upset in the first round and go farther than most people think. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I mean, I'm I don't I have no skin in the game. I obviously I don't really care. The Twins could be good that's that's cool yeah <laughs> uh, but it's fun to see different teams up there this is why i guess i care in that in that sense because it's always the same team now the al central it's not necessarily always the same teams because that's a that's a mix but as far as the playoffs in general it seems to be a mix of the same team so down to get the twins some some run yeah and the twins have been uh pretty good in that division the last few years when since the guardians have kind of taken their down slope and i mean there's no the Guardians are the closest team, but they're like a, game, a couple games under 500. So they're definitely, I don't think, going to be able to catch Minnesota unless they get hot here. Like, a, I don't know, like maybe Seattle is in the AOS. My gosh, they just won again tonight. Did they really? What was the final? Uh, oh, they beat nothing. the A's, though. Not too bad. But still, I mean, a win's a win. You got to win. 7 nothing is a good win. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now I'm going to I'm going to give you a, like a rundown real quick because I was doing a bunch of research because honestly the Mariners were really intriguing to me when we were talking about this because they were just so far back and it wasn't too long ago. So excluding the win tonight Monday, 
we're going to talk about all the other games. In the last 10, they're 9-1. and one. So if we include that, they're now 10-1 uh, and one in the last 11. They're 29-12 and 12 since the All-Star break. And they have two eight-game winning streaks in those 29 Whoa. wins. An eight-game chunk. Now, honestly, it's kind of crazy. In the middle of those eight games, it's eight wins, three straight losses, and then eight straight more wins. Uh, so it's a, uh, and they're already, and they're in the midst of a winning streak now too. They're close to, including tonight, they're close to actually being ten and zero in their last, in their last ten because that one loss is uh, probably seven or eight games ago. So wow. yeah, they're making a run like crazy. Do you think they can hold on now that they're up tonight? Um, you know, looking at their at their lead here, they're a half game up on both of them. Do you think that they can keep that lead? It's hard. I mean, Houston and Texas are both really good, and obviously Houston's been the champion the last, what, probably five or six years in the Western Division, so it's theirs until somebody takes it away from them, but at this point, I feel good about Seattle, but I'm also like, is it too early for them, and are they going to peak and then falter down where then Houston, who makes a late run, actually ends up taking over the division? Yeah, and obviously, I mean, half game is nothing. So, yeah, exactly. To your point, it's not like they're can they catch up? Is I mean, if they win tomorrow and the, and the Mariners <laughs> lose tomorrow, then they they already take the lead. So, yeah, it's just that simple, obviously. But uh, it's so yeah, I mean, and and they have the pedigree to do it. So it's definitely not over. Obviously, with as many games as there are left, it's far from it. Uh, I'm curious though, how much they uh, play each other going forward this season, uh, as far as the games themselves yeah that's true because obviously at this point in the time they're probably going to play them i would think at least one more time between now and the end of the season i know they don't play each other they have the rangers rangers six more games they literally finish against those two teams their last nine games at rangers at rangers at rangers and then they host the last six against the astros and then rangers again wow Whew. That's, so that's good, dude. Obviously, so to could, me, obviously, it comes down to these series. Yeah, absolutely. But man, that's going to be I could be one of those crazy league amongst these. Yeah, but otherwise, it could come down to the last day, and the winner takes a division, and the loser is a wild card spot. And then that, when we could be playing, who knows who's going to play who until the last day? Very true. Which would not be a bad thing. I'm actually making more. It'll be exciting. <laughs> But staying exactly. in the That's LS, you, do. you think all three make the playoffs? I mean, right now they definitely could, right? I mean, Toronto's a couple games out of the wild card still. I think, I mean, it's Tampa and Baltimore. Whoever doesn't win the division automatically is going to win the top wild card spot because they, even they're way ahead of the next wild card, which is these guys. But I mean, Houston and Texas right there. Toronto's behind them two and a half. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I think they could. I think all three of them could. And if Seattle can't hold on a division, Don't I think they can at least it. hang on to the wild card spot. True, true. You want to you want to cover? Let's cover this now. Let's cover this now. I know we're. Let's cover this now. Let's see what the wild card picture looks like. I'd love to kind of have like a visual here for yeah, everybody. Let's do here. It. So, like you were talking about, they have uh, Seattle leading right now. And they have Texas and Houston taking both of the wild card spots with a two and a half game lead over Toronto. So, mm-hmm. if everything were to go as is it looks like three representatives from the AL West, unfortunately not the one with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani will be uh, in the American league playoffs. See, but not only that, if Seattle does somehow end up winning the division, whoever wins the West, they are so much better than the central. Cause the twins are basically the only team above 500. Like we talked about that. They're also going to get the second seed, which gets you a first round buy, I believe. Right. 
Yes, yeah, both one and two as we were looking at get the buy, and then three would play six and four would play five. So then with if, no reseeding, that's what you saw in the article, right? Yeah, there's, there's no, no reseeding in yeah. baseball after this one. Okay, but if you're Seattle, if you're going from maybe being a wild card team to hosting the first round in your stadium, like that's a huge thing, and they have a huge, they have a great crowd. Um, I know when back when Felix Hernandez and stuff was there, they had a huge crowd. So when they're good, the people in Seattle, I mean. They're the same people who root for the Seahawks, and those people are nuts when they go. The 12th man is a thing. So if they can get that crowd packed and they have a home game or a home series, maybe they make some noise and actually get to an ALCS. Yeah, and I don't even think that they um, – not that they don't need the crowd, but it's probably – I feel like they're just like on such a roll, you know, and they yeah. can keep – if they can keep it, keep it moving and stuff. And I, I don't know. I've never been to Seattle, but – the West Coast is beautiful in October, so yeah. it's probably going to be such a nice setting, even just for to have a playoff series. You know, I mean, I know that they go back and forth as a series, so it's going to be whatever they're in. It's going to be up in Seattle, anyways. But you know, having them being the the main host, I guess you could say, the one yeah. with four games. So, yeah, I really hope that yeah, Seattle makes it. I love, I love that team. So there's a lot of good pieces, and I mean, kind of tying into another piece or a person from the AOS, like does that mean maybe obviously there's some bad news with Otani and his arm, but if he's still going to free agency, does that maybe open up Seattle as more of a possibility now? Why not? Yeah, I mean, he's it's being suggested after he tears his UCL in his pitching arm, it seems to be requiring Tommy John surgery. He's seeking second opinions right now and he's going to continue to hit um, even even with the tear, but it let's just let's just assume that he ends up getting it. This is actually going to be a second one. The first one he got was in 2018, which, to your point, obviously really hurts his free agency dollar value because his ceiling was just climbing and climbing and climbing. Yeah. The more home runs and the lower his ERA and you know lower his uh, opponent's batting averages. So his his payday was growing, but this obviously puts a huge dampening on it. I don't know if that means and i'm pretty sure it does that it means it opens up even more teams than originally thought because the value not that he's not valuable i don't mean that in any rude way obviously i'm a huge fan but i mean as far as what teams will actually be willing to pay will be a little bit less knowing that his pitching arm which is one of the main reasons why you're going to pay this overpriced because you're getting a great pitcher i won't say like elite i won't i wouldn't put him up in saying that but but he's great and someone that can come and knock 50 home runs for you at the same time and DH for you on a nightly basis. So that brings it down, which I do think opens it up to that. And we talked about in a previous episode, that culture of even having just a star Japanese player there play, play previously in Ichiro, right? Yeah, and like Shohei was there for the All-Star break and said that he's already spent a couple off-seasons up there, so he obviously is comfortable with the area. So, I mean, again, if... If the amount of money, like you said, it's not that he's not worth the money, but because of the injury, obviously they're going to be able to offer a lot less. So maybe that makes other teams more, op- like even Texas. Maybe Texas has an opportunity because Jake DeGrom is going to be out all of next year with this Tommy John. So if you can get Shohei to come in and still bat next year and he doesn't pitch until the following year, him and DeGrom come back at the same time, and then obviously by then Serger is already gone, maybe that's their two-headed snake going forward. Like That's just something that you have to like think what teams are going to think that far ahead, even if it's not for next year because he can only bat. But if he does go back to pitch, and then the other question is, even if he does come back to pitching by the time he does, he'll be 31 basically. Mm-hmm. Does he then like maybe you move him into more of a reliever role? 
Yeah, or like maybe even like short-term starter. I feel like they have those now. Yeah, like that's maybe true. Maybe throw Openers. him out there for like four innings, knowing that he doesn't, you know. And then it's just those nights where you give him. Or to your point, I mean, I like it. Can you come in if you're DHing? Can you move from DH to pitcher? I mean, like to relieve. They'd have to make a rule for him if it's not already allowed, right? But they've already made all these rules for him because he yeah. keeps, he's the unicorn of this at this point. So they're, they're just kind of making these new rules to fit, the, allowing him to do both. But I would assume so because, okay, there was a time where I remember watching, this was probably like seven or eight years ago, I was watching a Dimebacks game, and they were playing Houston, I think. And they had a left-handed pitcher on the mound. They changed pitchers and brought a right-hander in. Okay, so he comes in. Then... The next pit batter, they come up, they go back to the mound, they take the right-handed pitcher, and they put him in right field. They take the right fielder off, they bring another pitcher out of the bullpen. The pitcher pitches and gets the second out, they go back out to the mound, they pull that guy, and they bring the guy back from right field to the mound, and then put somebody else into right field, and then that guy pitches and gets the third out. And I was like, wait a minute. So I called my dad, like, I called my dad. I was like, can you do that? He's like, as long as you're still on the field and you're changing positions, you, you can do whatever you want. Like, you, he was never taken out of the game. I'm like, I never thought you could put – I mean, I guess they put position pitchers in it to pitch when the game's out of control. So I guess you're allowed to just right. put whoever there at any time as long as they haven't been taken off <clears throat> the field yet. That's a really cool story that you got to watch something like that. I was so tripping. Unique. I've obviously never <laughs> seen something like that because we're sitting here confused that you could even do something like that. Exactly. So, and I wasn't um, like I was like 10 years old. To... <laughs> right. Exactly. So excited to see if, if that's a thing. That'd be something that Otani could probably do. Get him to learn how to play first base and then have him come. Can you imagine, dude, oh if gosh. you just like. Okay. That would be the ultimate. Stuff, like get can... him to pitch to a couple of pitch. That would be the ultimate. If you can get him to and go, just put okay, him back at first, put him as a closer, get him like two years to get mm-hmm. 50 saves, right? And then he becomes the first person to have 50 saves, yeah. 50 home runs, whatever, all craziness. And then when he's too old to pitch, like you said, move him to first base and then watch, he'll get a gold glove from first base. That's just, that's what he'll do. He'll get, a, he'll get a gold glove and then he'll win on another silver slugger as a DH and he'll just keep killing it. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is he should play first base, then come in to pitch to a couple of people, <laughs> then go back to first base, right? Then when this, then good. he gives Marm a rest a little bit, then he goes back real quick, pitches to another couple of people, goes back to first. That'd be crazy, man. man. Tony's crazy like that, dude. It's too bad Joe. So Madden does he get less? Obviously, he's getting less than. Wait, what? Too bad Joe Madden's not coaching like some weird guy that would you know do crazy things like that with a lineup or something. That's weird. He would. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> he would. Yeah, gone now. Thanks for your services. Yeah. Yeah. Would have, would have before, I bet, though. I believe you. Would have been fun to watch. <clears throat> right. So Otani making less money, obviously. His ceiling's down from the seven, eight hundred millions, like what they were talking about. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing probably no 10 year deals. Probably more like, at this point, I would even say like a five year max. I mean, and then if you want, obviously, if he's going to have the Tommy John and take a year off of, of pitching and only batting, then maybe you can build some like incentives into the contract where if he does make 10 starts in a season, he gets an extra 10 million or whatever the amount they agree upon. So that way, if he does end up becoming a pitcher like he was before after the surgery, then he'll still make money off of a two way player. But in the meantime, at least he'll make probably 25, 30 million alone just as a batter. Yeah, that's true. I can see him doing that. Maybe it'd be fun to Something see. Something to see, man. I hope he recovers fully, but I guess we'll see 
you know, what actually happens. It's going to be, I don't know. I just hope everything happens great. I hope is if he gets surgery, which I'm thinking will happen, I hope it goes well. I hope he recovers quickly. I hope he recovers fully. And I just, I don't know. I hate seeing talent wasted like that in any sport just for fucking injury. It sucks to see. So, yeah, that's the worst part is injuries. Pray for speedy recovery, but ultimately wins, unfortunately. Yeah, 100%. So, okay, well, let's move on. Moving on to the National League then. Um, Two we'll of start them with the done. NL East. We can kind of couple the NL East and the NL West together, right? Done. Kind of <laughs> out of control already. Both teams are at least, what, 12 yeah, games 13 up? games almost, yeah, respectively. exactly. It's just it's out of control. Atlanta is so good. Uh, the Dodgers, unfortunately, are good again, so they're right on top. Uh, it's I, I don't know if it, in the long run I think the Braves will still hold on and keep the one seed, but at this point I wouldn't be shocked if they have a what a rough week and the Dodgers somehow jump over them and ultimately take over as the one seed. But they'll both be the one and two and get a bye. It'll just be a matter of who they're going to be playing uh, through the wild card round at that point. Yeah, after the wild. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They they're pretty much running away with it. Uh, doesn't even matter what anybody in the NL Central does. They're too far back. We'll see when we go over to the other one how much. But, I mean, 74 wins to 85 wins, that's roughly 11 or 12 games right now. So they're, yeah. you know, the same thing. We've got Diamondbacks, though, here. Hey, still in second place. Wow, Holding hard. I actually have a little bit of a – not a bet because it's not really – we didn't bet anything on it. But I have a little whiteboard at, at work. I have one of my colleagues, the girl who's on my team. She's a Dodger fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have like little predictions that we had throughout for the season. So my prediction was that the Dimebacks would come in second place. Ooh, so okay. Only a half game up right now, but I'm hoping that they can hold on to my little prediction. So Hey, we got a we'll chance. See. The Giants are not that good right now either, so we got a chance. Yeah, it should boil down to those two at the end. And we'll see, hopefully, what the wild card looks like. The Brewers are up Four games on the Cubs, six on the Reds. It seems like as long as everything kind of keeps flowing, this one should go to Milwaukee. But I know that the Cubs and both the Cubs and the Reds are really vying for wild card spots as well. Anybody you think you think any you think Milwaukee's slipping? Uh, I know everybody always has a chance. But yeah, yeah. Which, what do you think's actually happening? Okay, when we first started looking at the NL Central, I was like, oh, Milwaukee's just going to walk away with this. Like, I don't expect anybody to really chase. And then I started looking at the numbers, and the Cubs' offense is like 10th best when it comes to OPS and all of baseball, and the Brewers are 25th. So oh, wow. if the Cubs' offense oh. can keep rolling and actually win some games and the Brewers somehow stumble because of their offense being terrible – Four games is not that hard, and I'm sure they're going to have at least one more set against each other of three games, which could turn the whole thing upside down. So I kind of actually think the Cubs might somehow sneak in and pull off the central win. But we'll see. I don't know. It's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see if the Chicago can – I mean, they're pretty young as far as, like, I know Cody Bellinger's there. I'm trying to think Ian Happ. There's, it's Strowman's the pitcher for them. I think Kyle Hendricks is still there from their World Series winning team. But beyond that, I don't really know much about the Cubs or who's all there, but – if they can make a run with this offense and sneak in, then hopefully their pitching can show up. Because if they got Hendricks and Stroman at the top, you really only need three starters in the playoffs. Very true. I actually haven't been, I mean, I know I don't pay attention as closely to baseball as you, but I haven't really been hearing about the Cubs. I actually hear more, I, the most I hear, maybe it's because of Ellie De La Cruz, but the most I hear yeah. out of this division is about the Reds. I know they made a crazy run to kind of start being competitive, and a lot of it stems from Ellie's uh, play. But 
or at least being involved. That's not he's not doing it by himself, obviously. But yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, since he's since he's been playing a lot more, yeah. Then then have, but yeah, I mean, I guess the Cubs are kind of sneaking in. They got basically one less loss than than Diamondbacks right now. So basically the same record as us. So yep. I mean, let's let's just function over then move over to that wild card. Let's see kind of how the National League breaks down. As we can see, obviously big leads for. The Braves and the Dodgers, Milwaukee's here, but this is tight, man. When I was looking at this a little bit earlier or yesterday, uh, I saw that basically were all the teams outside of Philly are within three games of each other. Cubs, Diamondbacks, Giants, uh, Reds, and Marlins are all within three games of each other. Two spots for five teams. So it's going to get tight. All within three games. That's one series. Somebody gets swept, somebody sweeps, boom, done. Switching spots. So yeah, that's anybody's wow. game. That's a lot. That's a lot of teams with a lot with very few games separating them. So the last five weeks here, four and a half weeks, is going to be crazy. And obviously, there's going to be some divisions like the Giants and D-backs are battling. They're going to have to play each other at least one more time in a series, I would think. So, like you said, a weekend could change an entire way the standings looks. Yeah, I looked last night. We played them twice. Oh, so mini series, I guess you could say. That's the that's it. And we only play the Dodgers in the series that we're in right now, this Monday through uh, oh. Wednesday series. So hopefully no more L's because we're probably taking a bunch. I was going to say, I think tonight, I don't know if it's officially an L yet, but it's about to be if it isn't because it was not looking good earlier when I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. It's okay. We could try. We could try. Actually, the Dimebacks, man, they, they, were, they were pretty much in it for the most of the se- uh, season. When I was looking and doing a little bit of research last night, MLB website's actually pretty cool, by the way. You can look through all of this stuff. It's they have cool. a bunch of stuff. So we went into the second half, basically the second half. It's not really a half. Uh, but after the All-Star break, tied with the Dodgers. Same exact record. I think they had the um, tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Maybe we had the tiebreaker because I think we have them head-to-head. But yeah, they had the tie- somebody like that. But basically tied, same record. Unfortunately, though, we started going on a really bad skid. Uh, we hit the lowest point of everything on August 11th is when we fell two games under 500, bro. We were 67 oh. and 69 or something like that. Yeah, 57 and 59. I think it was in the 50s, sorry. And and five games back of second place, which was the Giants at the time. So five games back of the Giants, 12 and a half games back of the Dodgers. Unfortunately, the Dodgers are still insane. We're 12 and a half games back of them, or 13 yeah. now. I think they've extended it. Um, and after losing those nine straight, uh, to start the month, so start we zero and nine, bro. From oh. August first to August ninth, telling you, we man. lost every day. I'm I'm honestly with that stretch that we had. I'm shocked that we're even still in it. When we talked about looking into the, talking about playoffs this week and stuff, I honestly shocked we were even still in it. Thankfully, we had a good streak last week. I think we won like eight or nine out of ten, and so thankfully they're back in it. But there was a stretch where I was like, oh, here we go. Here's the here's the end of the season. We're going to fall apart, and it's all going to go downhill from here. Yeah, luckily that didn't happen. In the last 17 games, Dimebacks are 12-5, and five and much or a half game better. up. I think they lost tonight, and the Giants won, so I think we're only a half game up. For, the, for second in the West, which, like I said, was my little <laughs> uh, bet that I made. So really hoping for at least second in the West. And honestly, if we are second in the West, that kind of probably will put us in a playoff spot, no? Hopefully, because if we're battling with the Giants, who's our division rival right there, then yeah. But it, it just depends on how the Cubs and Minnesota and Milwaukee obviously falter in their division race. Uh, but I mean, we still got Cincinnati, Miami, and Miami is coached by Skip Schumacher. That guy was a that guy was a grinder, man. He was on a lot of winning teams, so I expect Miami to be grinding all the way. And if they get in, like 
I don't know, man. It just anything can happen in the playoffs. We talk about this all the time with baseball. Baseball is like the one sport in the playoffs that as long as you get in, you have a chance. Yeah, especially if your team is rolling like we were talking about earlier with the Orioles. We yeah. didn't think they'd even be involved in the playoff talk, and they're the one seed in the entire American League, so anything's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Which, speaking of anything is possible, well, we're going into it. We talked about it earlier. The Lily World Series was this weekend. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the game because by the time I woke up on Sunday, I forgot they were even playing. But we did happen to be, we are SoCal natives. We are here in SoCal, so it was nice to see our local team, El Segundo, win the championship game. But, yep. man, what a game it was, right? I mean, you said you watched most of it, and it was, you had a head-scratching moment there early, though. Yeah, dude. Actually, it's so funny they say that. Thank you. Yeah, so I watched most of it. Like I told you on Sunday, Lafi came over. We had some breakfast and stuff, kind of chilled, watched the whole game. And it was actually a really good game because it started off kind of just going back and forth. I think we got two quick runs. They got a run quickly to kind of you know keep it close. It was a 2-1 game. We got two more runs <clears throat> um, a couple innings later. So it was kind of building some separation. Put it up to 5-1. And... All of a sudden, the pitcher – forgive me, I, I didn't look at to see who, what his name was. The pitcher for California was dealing, bro. He was killing it. One run through, I think, four innings uh, or almost four innings. He had only 74 pitches, and I think you can basically pitch until 85. So if okay. you have 84 and somebody's starting their at-bat, you can finish that at-bat. So he still had, I mean, probably at least two, three batters. batters right? yeah. He gets pulled with one out. And he, oh, I just, I really think he could have got through the inning. I don't understand. He even had the coach comes out because you know everything's like mic'd up, so you can yeah, really hear course. it for television and stuff. You can hear the kids say like, "No, I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to stop pitching." He's like, "Oh, you know, look what you did for us. You did great. Look at we're up five one. We have all this kind of stuff." Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that would have. Oh, gosh, man, I was so irritated. Luckily, in the end, obviously, it kind of all worked out. California won. I was happy, but the. This is basically what happened. So they pull somebody in. He gets hurt. He pitches to one batter, I think, puts him on. And he has a he has a pain here in his tricep. And honestly, for kid, bro, I'm glad that he said something. Get out. Yeah. This is not worth your whole future. You could you could be great at this and just – if you have some soreness because you didn't get to warm up properly, bro, just get out. So yeah, absolutely. glad that you know everybody takes this super seriously for the kids. So after they pull him, they put in another guy. They used to have like six foot dudes on the mound. Now they bring in like the smallest kid. And no <laughs> offense, he he'll probably deal, but it just looks less intimidating. Yeah, yeah. You know for what I'm sure. saying? So he unfortunately gets gets the ball. He does uh, he does get somebody out, but he eventually loads the bases. And it uh doesn't go so well. Let's take a look basically at what's going on when they pulled the pitcher a little bit too early, in my opinion. Oh no. Wow. A game tying grand slam. Smashes it. Dude, this kid literally was pitching in the warm ups and his hat was falling off. Man. Not to push put anything on the kid, but wow. Man, I was just like, ugh. Yeah. So it was a little bit disappointing. Of course, but luckily it wasn't that big of a deal. We were able to collect ourselves, <laughs> and a couple innings later, um, as everybody probably knows, we were able to hit the 
game-winning home run. But, but not, I was going to say, not only that. You caught it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear it. No, it, it is bad. So not only does the kid hit the home run, which is great, but Kira, the, is it Curacao, right? That's the name of the country that they played? They didn't yeah, give Curacao, up a yep. home run the entire Four. Little League World Series tournament from start to finish. And then the announcer, Carl Ravage, for ESPN, who's calling the game, just so happens to mention that right before the best play of the whole tournament. Ooh, yeah. So we have that jinx. And real quick, shout out to my friend Lafi. He uh, sometimes calls it Curacao. Uh, even though it's not it, I try to correct him each time. I'm sorry, Curacao. It's not, it's not <laughs> but he says it for fun. I'm not making funny. He likes it. <laughs> Let's check out this uh, this this moment here. Not quite what the Curacao people were looking for. At the World Series. He mentioned it right there. Let me let me back it up one more time. Not allowed a home run at the World Series. Very next pitch. What was that like ten seconds after he said it? If that, dude. It was bad. So So bad. uh, Great for the California team. They were able to walk off with the nice home run. These kids and that kid specifically, obviously, is gonna remember that forever. Absolutely. Um but that announcer jinx, dude, it rears its head yet again. Every time, every time we talk about this, like it's like an announcer calling the refer or the free throws, like this guy's made twenty five in a row, and then he misses one. It's it's. I mean, even Steph Curry had happened to him last year. He pointed over, I think, to Mike Breen and them at the table, like ah, somebody said it. Somebody said something about my streak, and I missed one. Like it happens all the time. But in this case, at least it worked out for us. <laughs> Very true. California wins again. You looked up the stat, actually. You said that California has actually been in the title game of the Little League World Series, which I understand that it's a lot of regions of the U.S. versus a lot of international, and then we meet. So we're all U.S. is always in the title game. I get that. Right. But they do have to go through the regions of that. So they still you know, still have to, a title to go through. But California has been in the title game 24 times, and now they've won eight after this one, right? Yep. Which I didn't think about it until right now as we were talking about it. Do you realize the numbers, 24 and 8? L.A. Won, wins it, the eighth one on the 24th appearance? And it was L.A. specifically. That's what yeah, I'm because saying. California is obviously a very big state. We've got northerns and southern, and there's even different sections because last time California was here, I believe it was a Chula Vista team. Yes, it was. Which is more San Diego area. Correct. But so this time. I think that's even cooler that it's 24th LA. appearance. They win their eighth one, and it's an L.A. team. I don't know why, if anybody else has mentioned that or noticed that yet, but I just did right at this moment. I love it, and I'm glad that you brought it up, man. That's awesome. Moving on, but we're going to stick with uh, childhood, Little League, I guess you could say, and we're going to bring the wheel back. But like we were talking about in those AFC and NFC episodes, we're going to make it a little bit personal this time. We're going to take sports out of it, and we're going to do a couple questions about ourselves. So again, you can get to know us a little bit more. Let's bring up the wheel. Spin that wheel. We're just going to do two questions each, nothing crazy. Well, again, this just kind of a little bit uh, over the top – um, Really general topics to kind of get to know us. You want to go first? Let's do it. Spin it. All right. Nice. All right. Your question is, though, what is the first video game console that you had? So I personally had a Super Nintendo first, but thankfully I was living next door to Rex and Marty, and Ryan and Kyle had the 
original Nintendo. So I played their Nintendo next door, but my first one that I ever owned was the Super Nintendo with the square control or the slightly rounded ones. They were kind of rounded controllers, right? Not really. Yes, <laughs> correct. The regular Nintendo was the square controller. Ah, that's what original. it was. That's what I played next door. Square. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. All right. Great consoles. Heck yeah. Throwback. All right. 100%. Let's see what you got. All right. So your question is, what was your first pet? My first pet. Well, my first pet was when I was a baby. It was a dog, and her name was Kona. Loved that dog uh, from what I remember. See a bunch <laughs> of pictures and stuff like that. Um of us and so I used to sit on her back like a horse because I was like I said I was like yeah. a little baby and she was a little dog so yeah so that was that was my first pet. However, my first like pet that I like remember and that I like had to take care of was a little cat. Oh. Uh, it was a calico cat and we named her Belle like the uh, princess. That was my sister named her Belle like the princess because she had a lot of gold like the gold dress. Oh okay. So Belle, shout out to Belle, rest in peace. <laughs> shout out to Belle. Kona too. All right. Well, let's spin and get another All question right. for me. Your spin. Your question is. Hey, perfect. I got the question you didn't. What was want. your favorite grade of school? <laughs> exactly. That's why I said perfect. <laughs> what was your favorite grade of school? Uh, well. I guess I would have to say senior year because that means it's all over and we get to go into college where we get to choose where we want to go and actually enjoy life. So okay. senior year when it was all over and said and done. Honestly, I could have left after junior year, so I was over it. <laughs> nice. Wow, yeah. So you're not one of those guys that, man, if only I could be back in the day, man, I was the – not one of them, huh? Not at all. Even when I go back home to my parents, I only go to my parents' house and my grandma's house, and then occasionally when I have to, like, meet them for dinner somewhere that's not there – I like drive through and everything looks completely different. I'm like, oh, when did the flower shop leave? Sure. And they're, they're like, oh, that was like four years ago. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what's going on in this area anymore. I don't live here, so sometimes you come say hi to me, though. Yeah, yeah, occasionally, but even then, I don't know what's going on in the Zusa either. <laughs> no, yeah, me either. I just live here. <laughs> All right, last question. My question is. All right, nice. This one you said was going to be hard if you got it. What was your favorite TV show growing up? My favorite TV show growing up. I'm going to give you two. My favorite one as a kid. Honestly, there's so many, dude. There's so many. I mean, obviously, as a kid, you just watch every TV show, and everyone is your favorite, right? Everything's your favorite when you're a little kid. <laughs> but the one that I can think of that I really watched like the most probably was at our time was like SpongeBob SquarePants, of course. Um, and then as I got into like middle school, high school, I actually watched a ton of Degrassi. Oh Not just gosh. because, you know, he wasn't Drake yet. He wasn't Drake yet. But I did watch a ton of Degrassi. Yeah, my sister was big into both of those. I was never a big SpongeBob fan myself. I never got into it. And I was definitely not into Degrassi. I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't into, like, those drama kind of, like, shows when I was younger. Hmm, I can see that. That makes sense. Not everybody is. Totally understandable, too. But, yeah, I was definitely definitely a degrassi -er. That's a cross here. <laughs> is that a term? Is that a real thing? Yeah. Or did you make that up? But <laughs> yeah, well, I, don't know. I don't know. I just made it up. Well, I guess it's a term now, right? <laughs> Speaking of uh, moving on from Degrassiers, uh, but like you said, your favorite your favorite year was senior year because after that you were doing what? Going to college. College, which we had opening weekend, or as they call it in college. 
football week zero because it's when you are if you're those big teams like SC you play San Jose State or if you're Alabama you play Northern Alabama that nobody knows about so it's kind of the first weekend of football for college but it's really just like preseason games for a couple of these teams essentially pretty much yeah uh everybody just smashes the opponents again they're i don't mean to put them down but it's just you know the recruiting talent goes where the recruiting talent will be seen which is major schools and san jose state is not one of them and neither <laughs> is northern alabama so some of these schools are the, like you said the warm-ups basically it's like instead of they want to just have like a practice run with a practice squad but since colleges don't pay practice squads to be around they just kind of pay other uh, schools to play them i'm pretty sure there's something like that right like san jose gets a bunch of money oh, yeah. playing usc absolutely yeah their you, face smashed so yeah you agree to like a normally if it's a big school and big school you do a home and home or something but when it's occasionally like this it's a smaller school it's just we're gonna pay you to come to town we're gonna beat you up because we want to get prepped and ready for our real season and here's like a half a million or a million dollars towards your school i don't know what the amount of money is i'm sure sc could afford to give anybody anything so it doesn't matter <laughs> Of course, exactly. But they did start off slow, right? They were only up 21-14 and a half, which is pretty concerning if you're a USC fan because they're a top 10 AP ranking in the initial top 25 uh, list. And there's a lot of college football playoff, maybe even college football championship aspirations on that. And being up by seven only at halftime on a team you're supposed to uh, score every seven minutes on is not good luck, but they did score 21 in the third and ended up having what over like 500 yards in the game total. So yeah, just over 500. But the biggest issue is the defense, which that was their biggest issue last year. They lost the three games they lost. They scored, I think 40 points themselves, but they lost the game because their defense couldn't stop them. So if the defense has given up 28 to San Jose state, again, not that San Jose state is a terrible program, but they're not to the level of SC. And if they're giving up 28 points to them, no, and that's not a good sign. Now, although it is a preseason warm-up game for them or like a, a glorified scrimmage game for SC, so they're, they're obviously trying a lot yeah. of different things. I think I heard the number was they tried, they played 22 different guys on defense in the game. So they're obviously trying things out and trying to oh, figure wow, out what okay. they're doing. But still, it's not, when you're at the caliber of talent that SC has, you should definitely be able to cover the spread. They didn't even cover the spread of 31. Yeah, especially with the expectations that you have, because like I said, big name coach, Lincoln Riley coming to town, big quarterback, obviously just won the Heisman, a lot of money here in, in L.A., obviously the private school of L.A. here, not you know being UCLA, not that UCLA doesn't have money to and boosters from that, but being the private school here, this play right here is crazy. He can't believe he yeah. fumbled the snap and then literally just tosses it for a 76-yard touchdown. Like it was I mean, nothing. that's the... Again, no offense, but that's the level of talent that is at San Jose State. Like, if they're playing Florida, if they're playing Alabama, they're playing Auburn's or anybody like that, they're that's not that may not be that seventy-six yard touchdown. So, anyways, getting back to it though, yeah, it's it's a little bit more concerning, but glad they kind of got back to it. Still put up fifty-six points over five hundred yards. Not covering the spread is probably annoying because a lot of people were probably (laughs) probably betting on that. I would have definitely expected them to cover the spread against San Jose State, so I would have been a little irritated had I not. What yeah. was the spread though 31. for that Notre Dame? One? Oh yeah, because the, oh. that game. No, for the Notre Dame one because that game was big, forty-two to three yeah. over Navy. I like, mean, yeah, it's Navy, but still, I was just gonna say it is Navy. All they do is run the ball. I can't imagine the quarterback threw more than ten times, but still, I mean, it's, Sam Hartman has a great debut at the quarterback position for Notre Dame, nineteen to twenty-three, two fifty-one, four touchdowns. 
So the office, obviously the offense is not the issue, but again, it is going against Navy. So we'll see what Notre Dame can do as they play some real competition later in the season. But it's always weird because they're the only team that's not in a conference. So their schedule is like the same, but it's not, there's no conference record. They're just kind of in their own world. But I mean, it's a good start, yeah. especially for uh, Hartman to go off like that. Maybe Hartman is a, a Heisman candidate when it all said and done. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard of him before, but I don't really hear of a lot of people before they're Heisman candidates either, obviously, because they're from college. They're coming out of high school. They're coming up out of the after being a backup for somebody, all that kind of stuff. So I guess I could see that. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to need to see more than just 42 to three over Navy. Yeah. Um, but the game was in Dublin. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they've been doing this now. I think probably the second or third time they've had a game over in in Ireland, and it just the player the the people love it. I know there was a video of them doing the snake uh, beer snake and how many uh, cans and how many cups of Guinness that they went through it. I mean, those people love Notre Dame over there. So as long as they keep going there every year and playing, they're going to sell out. And obviously, if they can keep winning, people are going to love to watch it. Yeah, well, the Fighting Irish, they have to go play in Ireland, I guess, sometime, <laughs> right? That makes sense. It only does. It's pretty weird if they wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of hard. It's kind of weird if you try to ask them to come all the way over here. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot of people coming just for one team. You could just take one team over there and get back to your roots. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of drunk Irish people at a game. No problem. <laughs> makes sense to me. I mean... As long as the football team just gets out safely, yeah, and doesn't get in <laughs> on any, their buses, and doesn't get in any trouble buses. or uh, cause any issues for their program, which, like we are looking about now that ASU has self-imposed a one-year bowl ban on themselves. I mean, man, it that's not good. No, not good at all. I read into this article a lot, man, and there's a lot of stuff going on here. I, I think it's pretty crazy because as you get deeper, it gets weirder i guess you could say most of this actually no all of this happens uh the the ban itself happens amid an ncaa investigation into repeated and gratuitous recruiting violations uh during the herm edwards tenure uh, i don't know what repeated how often that was repeated or how gratuitous they were but apparently they were too much for the ncaa uh, it basically puts it as ESPN kind of covered the article here. The heart of the investigation is uh, centers around COVID nineteen, like dead period uh, violations, gotcha. where there was things like uh, tickets for travel for parents of a certain player. There was staff giving tours to recruits and stuff like that during, like when you weren't supposed to, because all the COVID stuff was so crazy at that time. Uh, position coaches working out with people, reviewing film with other coaches when they weren't supposed to be together because of all the, regardless of what you think, right? Yeah. Of, whether or not the rules were necessary or not. Um, the point the was rules. that they were broken. Um, exactly. So once this kind of started, Herm Edwards actually has been stopped. He stopped coaching only three games into last season. Uh, this is the first game here at Northern Arizona University. Uh, again, one of those gimme games. So uh, after only three seasons, after only three games last season, he kind of stepped down. But the investigation has also led to five other full-time coaches leaving or being fired. Oh, do you think this is a big – this isn't like he's, you know, like the Rick Patino stuff where he's taking the players to strip clubs and at least not that's been mentioned. Again, this is all kind of like similar, I guess, to the um, Jim Harbaugh – or John Harbaugh. Jim? Who's in freaking – which one of the players? I think it's Jim, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, uh, right? Just doing stuff when he wasn't supposed to. Not what he did necessarily was wrong because it doesn't necessarily – Anything that they did was wrong. It says yeah. when they did it was wrong. 
Yeah, and and I that's not shocking coming not when like Herm Edwards comes in there because Herm has been around a long time as a coach, especially in the NFL before he was a coach in the college. So he probably is so old school that he probably didn't want to listen to a lot of those rules or go by any of those things. So it's really not that shocking. He's like, nah. Yeah, it's one of those, I'm here, I'm going to do my thing, yeah. and in a couple of years they'll fire me anyway, so I'm just going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like what I was saying where the controversy comes in. Again, similar to the recruiting violations of Jim Harbaugh, he was just going to be suspended four games. Uh, had nothing to do with a bowl ban. There's another uh, team, Tennessee, apparently just got hit with something similar where there was an investigation done to them because of that uh, dead period connections and and recruiting but they only incurred an eight million dollar fine there was no postseason penalties or anything like that so it seems weird and everybody's kind of asking the question then why would asu even self-impose the ban my guess and it's a lot of talk is is that maybe what's being investigated they're going to see that it's going to be a lot worse than what's so far being surfaced and what's been reported and that maybe they're just trying to say hey no here look we're bad we're bad don't don't do anything crazy to us you know that that's my guess because the way that it looks not that many people are getting hit with postseason bans yeah no that's a good point and do you, do you think it also not only do you think they could be hiding something and not trying and trying to cover up from more coming out but do you think it could have anything to do with not being in the Pac-12 and having an agreement to go to another conference? Like, do you think that's going to affect, do they think that could be something that affects them moving into another conference? Oh, wow. Yeah. Because like that other conference isn't going to want like that. Not like, that every conference is perfect. But no, me, but everybody, you don't want them they, coming in each with of those that. Teams is doing something. Yeah. You don't want them coming in right. and joining that your conference. Baggage. And the first thing is, is like, oh, well, yeah, they just banned themselves or got banned because of this, this and that. Like, are you excited about them joining the conference? That's not really good PR. So maybe there's something behind, like you said, they could be hiding something, but maybe it's for more reasons than just what we think of, like not wanting to get out. It could affect the long-term goals or money-wise for the campus and the school. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. They're one of the teams that's going to the Big 12, I believe, right? Not with USC, UCLA. Yeah, they're not going to the Big 10, but still, I mean – if I'm the Big 12, I'm taking everybody I can get. So I don't think ultimately it will, but I'm just wondering if yeah, there's something leaving. that is on the back end that they're trying to hide, like you mentioned, but it could be something really bad that ultimately the Big 12 has to reconfigure or reimagine if they even want them in their conference. Because it's not happening this year. There's yeah. still a whole other year before that actually takes place. Right, and by then the investigation will already return the results. So exactly. we'll know exactly what happened and what the NCAA actually thinks about it. A lot of people don't think actually or really believe in bull bands the more I was reading this, and it kind of makes kind of a lot of sense. There's a couple – the two main reasons are – well, the main, main reason, in my opinion at least, is when all of this comes out, all of the disciplining that comes, the bull bands and the this, that, and nobody can get this, and scholarships are imposed – that only really, as much as it hurts the school, right? It really hurts the team that's there, even yeah, if that absolutely. team didn't do anything, right? So, so if Herm Edwards did something and they're imposing the cell, well, Herm Edwards, Herm Edwards isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of those kids, this was two years ago, or a year, yeah, it was 2021. So we're already in 2023. So this was kind of like a lot of these kids have either graduated, moved on, maybe not on the team, transferred, also transferred, who yeah. knows? So, so some of these people aren't even there. The other thing, though, is the unfortunate part where the NCAA doesn't really care about anything, but of course the almighty dollar, um, the NIL 
has really changed the landscape for everybody making money. So if you're if they have a player that happens to be a big NIL person, right, that may not bode well by having them sit out in that uh, that bowl game because you know that big partner, whatever it is, yeah, right, isn't true. going to be getting that PR that they think they are. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's that sucks. But you know, since money is the most important thing in the world, they can't stop some good old fashioned TV revenue for some infractions, you know. So yeah, no, absolutely. Those like, are the kind of things, and it's a lot of people why I think in bowl games aren't even a thing anymore. So it's kind of weird to just see this self-imposed bowl ban. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be more to it than what we've seen so far. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. So if other teams are getting just an $8 million fine and you're doing something similar and you're deciding to just bowl, ban yourself completely. But like you did mention, it does not help the team now by banning anything for people that did the issues from previ- previous no. years that are not no longer there. Like, you're just – you're you're – there, I, but I don't know what else you to do as far as like how do you do anything to the people that are no longer there because if they're not involved with the school or the program anymore, then you don't really have a say over anything that happens to them in their life. It's not like you're the police. Right, exactly. And that's kind of hard. You can't just go back to Herm Edwards and be like, hey, you messed up. You owe me yeah. $250,000. Wait, why would I owe $250,000? I don't even work there anymore. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, I don't know all the legalities behind it, right? And that's what makes it more difficult. But yeah, it's kind of hard to, to do it. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I think you just find the university. I think that's what it should be. Just yeah. charge the university because if they're the reason why they're doing this kind of stuff is to get better players to make more money, well, then take the money from them because eventually the university is going to stop wanting to give away $8 million like Tennessee just did in order to – granted, they make a lot of money, but still, these fines and just being in the in the news for these types of things isn't necessarily the best thing. So. But also – a lot of people would rather avoid it. Yeah, but also do you think finding the school even for now is a good thing because even though they're taking – say they find them $8 million like they did Tennessee – Tennessee take that eight million out. They didn't take that out of the football budget. You know they took that eight million out of another budget. So is it really even hurting the athletes at that point? Or are you really just hurting the student body of a school that had absolutely nothing to do with a sports team having issues like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know Tennessee's uh, balance sheet. Right? No, but I don't I, either. I'm but I'm sure just thinking out loud. Dollars. Like they have this amount of budget for football and this amount of budget for regular stuff, and if they get fined eight million. The eight million is not coming out of the football budget. There's no way they're taking it out of the football budget because that is what drives all the money and makes them yeah. money in the first place. So it's going to come out of the regular school budget. So that also doesn't even affect mm-hmm. the sports team. It affects the regular general population of the school who have absolutely nothing to do with the sports world, which that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. I doubt. I, this is my opinion again. I don't know the balance sheet. I doubt it impacts it that much. And it, then if it really started to impact it, people are going to stop going to these schools, right? People are going to be like, dude, I don't because Tennessee's constantly involved. Either way, right? The point is to get people to pay attention. If you don't want to be handing away money, regardless of whose money it is, I couldn't agree with you more. As a person who didn't play sports in college, I couldn't agree with you more. Right. But. There is no other way, right? You can't go yeah. after the individuals. You can't go after the kids. You can't go after – so find the university, and that way they – wouldn't it be a little bit, a lot easier to pay somebody $250,000 a year instead of $8 million every other year because of a thing? So just watch. Just make sure, especially the big sports, basketball, football. You think there's a lot of swimming violations? Yeah, trying true. to recruit a swimmer from the – I'm not saying there isn't, right? But you don't even have to watch all the sports. Watch the main ones. Watch the money makers football and basketball pay somebody a little bit to do it and take some accountability that's i guess the reason i agree i don't want it to affect the students i was a student like i said that didn't play a sport but somebody needs to take accountability because 
There's rules for a reason, even if I disagree with them. Remember what I said about the NCAA on a couple shows ago? Yeah, we're not fans <laughs> of them at all either. So, yeah, definitely not. Not fans. Not on their side of this yeah, at all. Not trying to give them any benefit of the doubt. No. Agreed. Absolutely not. Keeping it in NCAA, though, uh, and sticking with football, one of the big ones now that we've started is, of course, top-ranked Georgia. Yeah, and the question they is: are, is can they three peat? Yeah, that, the question is: are they re- are three peating? Yeah, that's the question, and it hasn't been because we talked about this. Had it been done before? And obviously, there's been other teams that have had opportunities to do so, but it technically hasn't been done in college football since 1936, when the University of Minnesota won 34, 35, and 36. But I mean, obviously, the game has changed a lot since then, oh, and there's geez. been voting and and involved of who even gets to play in some of these title games back before mm-hmm. the college football playoffs started with four. I mean, now it's going to grow to 12 or whatever in a couple of years. So it's just going to change. But do you think Georgia can actually do the three-peat? If they have a good quarterback, I know that, um, you know, the Rams quarterback, we saw him play some preseason the other night. Actually, the guy who went down to uh, C.J. Okoye, right, yep, in his exactly. first career sack. He uh, he's obviously gone, so that that's that's a hampering as we're seeing him just light TCU up here. I I had a lot more hope for this game than what it turned out to be. Unfortunately, yeah. I had a feeling TCU was going to lose, but the way they were able to stick with Michigan was pretty surprising. Obviously, and they won, so I thought they would put up a little bit more of a fight, and it wasn't even close. Anyways, no, it wasn't. Going back to Georgia, but this is the type of domination that I think they can do. I think it really depends. Again, I haven't looked at it too much yet, and as we get into the college football season, I'll definitely be paying attention more. Um, but it all comes down to quarterback play because in college, I feel like the systems are good. You know, the Alabamas and the yeah. Georgias. If you got something, and good, that's and it's just, as long as you have the right talent that year. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly my thought. Like, if it's about the system, then if the quarterback is decent for Georgia, then they're going to be fine because their defense is what carries them the last mm-hmm. couple years. I mean, they've had guys leave and get drafted in the top ten or whatever the draft, and they still had the top defense the next year, and they're probably going to do it again. Like, that's all they are is they're built on their defense. So if they can have the defense they normally have and this new quarterback, whoever, I don't even know who it is off the top of my head either, if they can just play like normal football and not do anything crazy or not turn the ball over, then Georgia's going to be right there back in the SEC title game. And then depending on how Alabama looks and what their uh, head-to-head looks like, that'll determine if one of them, if not both, make it to the Final Four. Very true. To your point about the people, uh, how even though if they can get drafted and the the entire – Defense for the Eagles is basically all of Georgia. <laughs> that's true. So, that's yeah, true. they just decided to take basically everybody from this championship team and say, you know what, why don't you come on over here? We can hey, use somebody to try to catch Patrick Mahomes. If it works, then why not try it in the NFL? Just try all the same guy. I mean, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow work together again in Cincinnati from college to the pros, so... Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So I know that I'm I'm going to be rooting for SC. I'm rooting for any Pac-12 team, but as we discussed previously, if I have to pick anybody from the Pac-12, I'm fighting on. Uh, obviously, the Pac-12 is no more after this year, so yeah. it won't matter. I guess I'll just be a Big Ten or sixteen, whatever. Number yeah, that I don't I have. whatever they decide. Fan. <laughs> I kind of already like them, anyways. Yeah, right. Whatever number. I kind of already like them, anyways. So now that SC's over there and and UCLA, the hometown teams here, it'll be something to something to watch. So I'm hoping they make it. I'm hoping that that'd be like we talked about when we were talking about the Pac-12 disbanding when all of this all this stuff hit the fan. Be great to see a Pac-12 team take this college football championship in the last year. Of the yeah, Pac-12. they've never been, they've never won one with the conference since they went to this format. So it would be great for them to do it. And if Caleb Williams could win 
a back-to-back Heisman on top of it. I mean, he would definitely be going number one in the draft at that point if he's not already now. But to the Cardinals. Well, maybe we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, so no, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Man. There's a lot of football. There. There's a lot of football to play, and let's not forget, Caleb technically has another year of eligibility. So if he doesn't want to go to Arizona, maybe he comes back. He does make money in on NIL, NIL money. It's not like he's not making any money in college like they used to. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I'm not saying he's not making money, but I'm <laughs> saying he's not making number one overall pick in the NFL draft money. No, that is a fact. Because we saw what that was for this year, and I think it's like close to like twenty four to twenty six million dollars. Oh, man, that is crazy. That money's just going to yeah, keep growing crazy. too. Yeah. Well, when you're good. You're good. Well, when you're hopefully good, that's when you're good in college. When you're hopefully good, they pay you like you're good. The and then big when... question is whether or not the Bucks want to play pay Giannis. Well, is it that the Bucks want to pay, or is it that Giannis doesn't want to take the money that they're offering? Is it is the question at this point? Oh, is it do the Bucks want to pay or does Giannis want to play? Hey, there we go. That's the question. That is the question. I mean, <laughs> he's due for a, a, an extension here, I think, in September sometime. It'll be a three-year 173 extension on top of, the, I think, the two years he has left. So it would kind of be like the AD thing where it would be a five-year total deal. Um, but there's these articles coming out of uh, even Antetokounmpo, not even just articles people talk about. I mean, it's him saying himself in an interview that, Next summer would make more sense for both parties. Even then, I don't know. I would not want to be. I would want. I would want to be the best version of myself. I don't know if everybody's on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. If I don't feel that, then I'm not signing. So maybe this isn't necessarily him saying he's leaving, but is this him at least telling them like, "Hey, I'm not messing around. Like, I'm not just going to sign to sign. You guys got to keep me engaged in a sense and knowing that we're going to keep competing." Yeah, I think it's the the latter. I don't think he's saying, guys, prepare. I'm leaving. I think he's saying, guys, I'm willing to leave. We need to be constantly competing for championships or I don't want to be here. No amount of money anymore because he's at that level and mm-hmm. off off the court money and just status where no amount of money is really necessary what he wants to do is have fun, and what's fun to him is winning. So that, which to me, I understand that. Um, I don't blame him. So I hope that, I mean, selfishly, I hope he does, and I hope that we've got money, and I <laughs> hope that we have a team that he likes, and I hope he comes here. But um, I have a feeling that they're going to do everything they can to make sure that they keep putting a championship people around him, putting, like he says, everybody's going to want to sacrifice time, everyone's going to make do put in the work, all this kind of stuff. I mean, look at this guy, dude. He's a monster. So you know he's putting the work in. You know he's putting time in the gym, all that kind of stuff. And he just wants teammates that are going to do the same. Not saying I don't. I mean, is he taking shot at his current teammates? I mean, I wouldn't say he's taking a shot, but he's also letting the franchise know, like, just because we're good right now doesn't mean that. Because like, if he signed for a couple years, they got Middleton signed for a couple years, and now they got Lopez there. For, like, even though those guys are signed for a few years, he's probably got to be letting them know, like, if they're not up to par of what we need in order to compete, like. We're gonna we're gonna have to be able to move them, and I'm the guy that's gonna be here. To, we're gonna continue to build around. And if I'm honest, that's the main thing I'm concerned about. Like at the end of the day, I'm with you. I think he's gonna stay in Milwaukee. I think he's gonna end up being like Dirk in, in Dallas. He's gonna play like 15, 16 years yeah. in Milwaukee. They're gonna build a statue of him out front. He'll own every Milwaukee record by the time it's done. 
Uh, he'll just be there for so long. Yep. I just I think that's like he just doesn't seem like a big city guy. He's done so well in a small market in Milwaukee yeah. and been so accepted, and especially yeah. like Dallas, like Dirk. He's not from here originally, so he has no like lenience or like any like way of thinking or wanting to go back to like home or a home state or a certain city mm-hmm. where family's from. Like he doesn't have right. any of that here. He's just got Milwaukee. That's all he knows as far as the United States is concerned. So maybe that's just where he stays. He seems like a just easygoing guy who doesn't want to go over the top or be like me. I mean, he has to be me, me, me in a sense that he has an ego and he's in the NBA and he's a great player, but you have to, right? But yeah. it, it's not to the point where it's like seeping out of him. And that's all you think. Like, I think at the end of the day, he just wants to play no. basketball, win, and he's got his family and his kids and he's good to go. Yeah, I agree. And I think honestly, he's made the bucks cool. You right. I mean? Like not that they weren't, they were uncool before, but they were just like a no, nobody team, nowhere team up in Milwaukee. Nobody cares, but their logos are getting cooler. Their jerseys are getting cooler. They're just like a cool team to watch, man. I, I like watching them and I like watching Giannis. So yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think he stays there. They just got to figure it out. He was quoted later on, right? This is his quote. As long as we're on the same page with that and you show me and we go together to win a championship, I'm all for it. But the moment he says, I feel like, oh yeah, we're trying to rebuild. Boom. Yeah, you know, I think that's where he kind of is out the door. He does go on to say, but there will never be any hard feelings with with the Milwaukee Bucks. No, there and there there should not. I think be. that he wants to stay. Yeah, he and there, and even be, if he were he doesn't to, want to be in Dame's position, maybe that's what he sees. Right, that's true. Maybe he doesn't. And even if he were to ultimately leave, like he's it's like it's like uh, LeBron when he went back to Cleveland and did everything right. Once he left the second time, nobody was like mad at him. They left. They understood. Like, okay, you came back. You won us a title. It, we're not good anymore. You need yeah. to go somewhere else. We get it. You're at a different part of your career. But Giannis has been there from the get-go. Yeah. They've built everything around him. I mean, he started out as some scrawny kid. We didn't even know who he was. And here he is as the best player in the NBA. Now it's not like yoked, he had expectations bro. on him like LeBron. So if I'm if I'm Milwaukee or if I'm Giannis, I feel like this is just be a partnership until we're both calling it quits. Dude, can you imagine if he could shoot? Oh. Dude, if he can... Like, well... Yeah, exactly. I say if he could shoot even semi decent, like a basic average player, almost when some of his percentages, dude. And mm-hmm. I would think though, as his career sure, goes, thirty five percent from three. Oh, yeah. And I think I have to think dangerous. as his career goes on, that's what's going to happen. He's going to get less athletic as far as like explosiveness, so his game is going to get further and further from the hoop. That's usually how it works for those guys. So I would think as that time goes on, hopefully yeah. he'll pick it up and be a better shooter later in his career, but. If he had it now, they would be unstoppable in Milwaukee for sure. Yeah, I agree. They they can offer him a three-year, $173 million extension uh, beginning September, which is just under $58 million a year. That's a lot of money anywhere, but that's a lot of money in Milwaukee. Let me tell you, there ain't nothing in Milwaukee. <laughs> I was just there. Oh, yeah, for, you've been there. Huh? My dad and I were just there in June that's so funny. for baseball, and we were in downtown Milwaukee for like three days. And I I mean, let's let's tell you this. This is how small the city is, at least in my opinion. We went to the same okay. bar on two different days, and this isn't like a hole-in-the-wall bar. This is like one of those nice indoor malls where there's like different food venues in the food court area, but they're all like local stuff. And then there's like some re- the shops up top, mm-hmm. and the same bar we went two different days. We saw the same drunk guy come and try to buy drinks with coins, like at, <laughs> like at the bar. So coins. that now mean like quarters. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, how much can I get?" Like for and he's like putting his coins on the counter, and it was one of those. He started talking to my dad and I, and we're like, "Oh man, we're ready. To- okay, yeah, we're done. It was nice to meet you. Bye." <laughs> 
Same guy. Same yeah, day. Not allowed to do Milwaukee. Same Milwaukee. Spot, same same routine. Good to go. Well, I still have to go and visit, but I will make sure to make the trip short now yeah. that um, I know firsthand. Well, secondhand, I guess. From you. I mean, if you want to meet my friend from the bar, there. I'll tell you where to go. But <laughs> yeah, let me know, bro. Tell me the name of that bar. I want to see what's up to him, dude. I swear, bro. If I were to go, and I, dude, if he shows up, I would have to take a picture and be like, dude, is this him right here? You would know exactly who he nuts. was. I wouldn't have to describe him because he would be, he would make his presence just sitting at the bar known because of the way he is. As soon as he starts counting out the coins, I'd be like, well, that alone would give guy. it away. Yeah, <laughs> that huge. would probably give it away. <laughs> That's funny. Man. Which I mean, okay, so we're Somebody talking about not pitching. Coins. I was like, we're talking about coins. Let's talk about dropping dimes. That's where I was going. Was dropping dimes, dropping dimes. <laughs> okay. Which Austin Reeves and Team USA with another win over New Zealand, ninety nine seventy two. Just, just killing, man. Just killing. It's been so nice for Austin Reeves because I feel like it's gonna translate to Lakers season. He's gonna show up real good. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I am excited to see him. Uh, honestly, I'm excited to watch the whole USA team. I know we pro- talked about it a couple times. They won their first game against New Zealand by a lot, 99-72. They just played uh, today. Uh, they beat Greece. I think it was 99-81. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I think it was the final. So we won by almost 20 again. And uh, that's when Austin was doing work was this morning and this morning Pacific time. It was on just before 6 a.m. Pacific time. So, uh, you know, at least some people on the East coast were up, you know, or I mean, 6 a.m. is not even really that early. I mean, people, especially during the week are up. Just maybe six, not be watching. TV, 6 a.m. So. Didn't catch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was sleeping. I'm just saying <laughs> you know, some other people. So, but if you didn't catch it, we won. Austin uh, had a team high 15 in only 17 minutes, six assists, five rebounds, and two steals on his way to player of the game. Off the bench. Translate to the Lakers, bro, right? Not even starting. That's off off the the bench. bench. Like, he's not even starting. They're getting like a slow start on the offensive side besides Anthony Edwards. And then Austin's coming off the bench and just doing work, man. I mean,. Like you said, I hope it rolls into the Laker season. I feel like most times when there's a FIBA tournament or Olympics and guys play in those, they tend to have a good season. I mean, the Lakers lost to the Celtics in 08. Kobe played in the Olympics that summer, and then the Lakers won the next two titles. I'm not saying that Austin Reeves is Kobe Bryant, but I'm just saying playing in the USA uh, FIBA <laughs> stuff kind of gets you in that. Like It's kind of like you're in early preseason, so by the time the season starts for everybody else, you're kind of already in your mode and ahead of the game. So hopefully that's what the case is this year. Yeah, and it's early enough as well because he's not he's not going to be winded. We're not starting, you know, in two weeks or anything. No, no. Hopefully he can, you know, get this in. He's young, obviously, too, but hopefully he gets this in, gets a lot of experience. He's playing with really, really good players around him. He's playing against the best that each respective country can pre- present. So, you know, this is a lot of getting coaching from some of the best minds with the Eric Spolsters and the Steve Kerrs there, dude. So yeah. just all sorts of things to increase and, and make his game that much better. Uh, I'm super, super excited to see it translate. And I mean, like we said, we even see it translate here with, with him. He's getting a bunch of comments and compliments from everybody. I saw a clip. I mean, I know maybe it's because he's a Laker, but also because he's good. If he was just a Laker and he wasn't good, that wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Where he's going into like a meet and greet in the Philippines and the room is lit. Dude, you think LeBron was showing up? It was even during so, even so during cool. starting lineups, awesome. they do the other guys, and, and then Austin Reed, and they just explode, man. They love him, but like you said, it's a huge part of just being on the Lakers, man, and being good on the on the Laker team. Like we 
were in the Western Conference Finals last year, so obviously there's a huge following in the Philippines. They know who you are because you were a huge part of that team even getting that far. Exactly. I remember when we had Jordan Clarkson as one of the only Filipino players yeah. in the NBA. Even more. Just have a lot of, you know, being in SoCal, we have a nice mixing pot of cultures here. It's awesome to be around like so many different people. So much great food, so much great entertainment, all sorts of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Obviously a huge, um, you know, Filipino following here in LA and that kind of spreads back home. So it's awesome. It's awesome to see. <clears throat> there's a There's a moment in the previous game where Austin actually has a pretty cool breakaway dunk. And there's a picture that's kind of surfacing around oh, the dude. internet right now. This picture is uh, so With dope. him in the air. It's sick, right? His, he's in the air, and Tyrese Halliburton is behind him, like also in the air, basically as high as he is. Just kind of looks like he's almost standing in the air. <laughs> just like so pumped uh, that he's getting this dunk. And there was an interview actually that somebody had where they walked up to him and kind of showed him the picture and kind of just asked for his opinion. So let's show you what Austin was talking about with uh, this photo. You'll be able to see the photo, obviously, quickly, and then Austin's story about it. Chris told me that he didn't have bounce, which I'm not listening to anymore because he's every bit of two to three inches higher than me. I'm not saying I'm very athletic, but this is this is one of my favorite pictures all the time, honestly. Austin wasn't going to dunk it at first. He's like, should I dunk it? I'm like, yeah, dunk the ball. So I think it was just, uh, we were all just happy to get it done. Oh yeah, he was he was yelling at me to dunk it as soon as I stole it. Um, I was thinking about dribbling it out, um, but once I heard him yelling at me, <laughs> so I was like, cool. right, I guess I got to. Oh, that's, that's elite. Tyrese told me that he didn't have bounce, which I'm not listening to anymore because he's every bit of two to three inches higher than me. I'm not saying I'm very athletic, but this is this is one of my favorite pictures all the time. Honestly, Austin wasn't gonna dunk it at first. He's like, should I dunk? I'm like, yeah, dunk. <laughs> I like that. He says, come on, dude. Uh, dude, dude dunk it. It's funny you can see in the replay oh, right there. He looks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he goes back, I was right? About dribbling it out, um, but Such a cool pick, though, dude. Yeah. That's what I, I love about it. Kind of reminds That's me awesome. a little bit of the, uh, not that it's the same caliber of photo, but the same like uh, timing of them both being up of LeBron Wade where he threw it up behind him and Wade's like this in the one photo and LeBron's in the back just yamming it down. That's got to be top three NBA pictures of all time. Oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. Like another one that I could think of off the top of my head. And for me, there's two more that I could think of. There's the there's Jordan hanging in game six for that in, against Utah, right? Was it yep, Utah? Yeah. Yep. And then um, my favorite one is Kobe on top of the thing with his hands in the air five and all the confetti falling down. Yeah. Probably, those are probably my three favorite like basketball pictures ever. Um, if you just, just freezing Jordan like that, I mean, okay, maybe Jordan doing the freaking dunk from the free throw line was pretty sick. Too. Yeah, but that wasn't that in a game. Was like, that was an all-star game like stuff. That's right. Like, we're talking about NBA finals game six, like the hand just hanging there with Russell basically like, what the hell just happened to me? <laughs> Boom, just lets it go last second of course drains it and then jumping up and you know him doing that stuff that just yeah i mean i guess that's more than a picture that whole thing yeah, yeah i can you know just imagine him one of those frames would be cool to see so yeah for sure so this was pretty cool it's pretty cool again not on the not on the level of, of those but it's awesome to see austin getting a bunch of run getting a bunch of uh practice and just playing with other all-stars basically because that's what they are they're mostly all-stars yeah. i mean i know technically a lot of them haven't made all-star games but they're future all-stars or on the cusp of all-star dumb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. You're, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Other things that happened, though, in the World Cup, France eliminated immediately, played two games, got smashed by Canada, which Dude. may not sound, Chris, Canada, aren't they good at hockey only? No, nah, they have a pretty stacked team, actually. Yeah, so. but still, France is smashed supposed to be by good. Canada by 30. Yeah, France is exactly. supposed to be good, and they're supposed to be with then, Rudy Gobert in the center, like as the defensive anchor. They're supposed to be really good and have been for a long time. Yeah, well, and they got beat by thirty by Canada. Ouch! Well, yeah, that's true. That yeah, defensive player of the year. Not a fan, not a fan of, of Gobert myself, but no, yeah, to your point, people give them defensive player of the years and trade five first round picks for him <laughs> and all these things. So apparently, he's good. Uh, but yeah, they were bounced after losing by Latvia with uh, freaking uh, Kristaps on the bench. He didn't even play. Oh my goodness! Kristaps Porzingis chilling there. Yeah, just watching in street clothes. They lost by two, and it doesn't matter what they do. They lost their first two games, and they're basically out. They're not moving on. So, Wow. Uh, is it fair to say that the French are basically average at basketball besides Tony Parker? <laughs> I don't mean that in a rude way, well, but Tony I mean, Parker's like the only person de- I can think of that's like Yeah, I was going to say shit. depending on uh, what Wemby does, and I'm assuming the Spurs probably didn't let Wemby play in this okay, tournament, right? Go. So we'll, uh, we can't really uh, think yeah, about it too enough. much. I guess in a couple of years when Wemby's allowed to play in these tournaments, maybe we'll see if France can actually bounce back at that time. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I guess that's it. We'll hold on for Wemby. But other than that, it's just Tony Parker, man. You're the French goat. That's it. No others. Nope. Other decent players, other NBA players. Yeah, Boris Diaw, Nicholas Batum. They've had some guys that can play, but not, you know, all-star, multi-all-star, NBA finals champions. like Evan Fournier. Yeah. yeah. Some okay pieces. But Tony Parker's the best. Okay, they're okay. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But that's okay. But yeah, that about wraps up this one. We got uh, another segment, though, right? Your favorite segment is favorite it segment of the day. Let's drop it on because you know it's Monday. I cannot believe a fine woman Monday. Like produced a guy like Stiff. Dude, I took some milf. What the hell's that? M I L F. Man, I love facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah you got it. No. Got it. All right, Milf Monday. Yeah, yeah. all right. So decided to go um, a little baseball. I know we started with baseball earlier, so we're going to end it with baseball. Um, I know you kind of mentioned it earlier, too. I wore my baseball shirt today. Did you see? Yes, I did. Always. The dimensions of the field. It's a sick shirt, dude. Sick shirt. It's pretty sick, right? So we decided to go with... I uh, thought we had the baseball topics. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about and mentioned a little bit of the time clock and how that's changed the game this year and everything. So this one is the stat you sent me uh, last week about how... The new baseball rules have changed uh, the pace of play for baseball this year compared to like previous seasons. Now, I know when this first was talked about being implemented in Major League Baseball, there was a lot of old school fans that were not against it. I even had a friend who's like kind of a baseball fan from work was like, dude, I'm going to hate this game, the shot clock thing or whatever, blah, blah. I told him, dude, by May, you won't even notice it because a lot of these guys have been playing in the minors the last couple of years with it. So it's only the old vets that are going to take some time to figure it out. Very few people have had any issues. Yeah. And not only that, the fans have loved it. The attendance is up. The TV numbers are up. Everything is just you know going in the right direction. But one of the things I wanted to look at was, so this season so far, this is as of last week, so there's been a couple more games played. But this season so far, the percentage of nine-inning games that were that lasted more than three hours is 11%. Which, okay, that's not that bad. You think, okay, so it's obviously down from previous wow. years with the, with, the clock, with the clock being inst- installed. But... What was the year, like, what was last year? Was last year, like, double? No, when you look at last year, it was 57% of nine-inning games were over three hours. I was going to say, like, 30%. That yeah. That's going to be my so, guess. 50, 50 what? 57. That's a decline of 46%. That's almost half the games this of the season that are not over three hours anymore that were before. That is just an astronomical wow. drop. And it... 
I mean, you look back further, they haven't been under 50% since 2015. And even then it was, and then in 2015, it was 42. So it's been a really big issue for a long time. But now that this game clock has been installed, obviously it has been a good thing for the sport. And as a fan, I have absolutely loved every minute of it. I love that we, I know we talked about, we love the drawn out thing in the playoffs of everything taking so long. And I kind of hope in the playoffs we take the clock off or at least give them a couple extra seconds for that, for the dramatic part of it. But the regular season, there's 162 games. Let's get through these things. We already added somebody on second and extra innings to get the game done quicker. What's the game clock? What's the difference? I like that. It's been awesome. Is that second uh, runner on uh, in the playoffs? No, it's only the regular season. That's why I'm wondering if they'll do the same thing with the game (laughs) clock. Like, okay, we do this in the regular season because there's a lot and we need to quick it up. But playoff time, we kind of... Or they can just add five seconds to the clock or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just let it play. Yeah, true. Just make it like you said. I like that idea. Yeah. Give them them a little extra time, but still be able to enjoy that moment. That's a crazy stat, dude. Right? Okay, I knew they've been talking about it for years. Yeah, you can see it on the side. Like all the years. It's just, I know it's been bad for a while, but to actually see the numbers now and see how bad it was compared to what it is now is like, I mean, 11%. It hasn't been below 11% in like 20-some years on top of it. So it's yeah. just, it's been great. <clears throat> yeah. I think basically the lowest it was in that realm that we saw, which was about 20 years, was like 24%. 25%. Yeah. And that was literally so 20 years, less ago. than half of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been great for That's baseball. Awesome. I kind of like it. I do like a regular season. It was nice. Honestly, do you remember that game that we went to? It was, it, I mean, I didn't even realize the game was going by. Like I was enjoying the game. We were watching the game, but we were just standing there having a beer or two with your dad and just, Chilling, talking, and I was like, "Oh shoot, nice inning!" All right. Yeah, I was gonna say, "Day Angels are about to win this game." Time to go. I know we still got a lot of the day. Yeah, yeah, it worked out really well. So pretty cool. I I like the sped up. uh, I like the sped up game a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely better. Definitely better. Fingers crossed, no playoffs. So we'll see what happens. MLB tends to screw it up, so they probably won't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So agreed. Agreed. So what you got planned for the weekend, dude? Uh, nothing this week. Uh, no concerts or events. I was supposed to work, uh, I think Pepe Aguilar this weekend, but that got postponed, I think. So, um, nothing. And then it's, um, we're going to have a show on Friday. So I guess I'll be spending most of the week, uh, prepping for Friday's show. Oh, no, we don't. Wrong, 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 wrong. We have a freaking fantasy draft on Wednesday. Oh, you're right. I'll be there. Don't forget, unless you want your team to be auto drafted. That's no, no, you. you're right. You there. know what? I didn't. Think it, I kind of forgot about that because we talked about it. We were going to do it. it don't on, forget. It's, it's on Wednesday, and we Wednesday we normally do our prep anyway. So I was already going to be on my computer on Wednesday in my mind. Oh, so I'll be here. I'll be ready. Yeah, yeah. It'll be two and one. Two and one. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, so then and then on Friday, I think that's what we should cover, dude. Let's cover some. Let's cover the draft. We'll, yeah. we'll give our tips for a fantasy draft, although it's late. Obviously, fantasy season is over. You can save this for next year's fantasy draft. <laughs> uh, what we what we try to do to build a team. Uh, I know I normally am in the top. I went to the champion. No, I went to the third place game last year. I, I lost in the semifinals. So oh, not bad. Um, I I try to win as often as possible. I'm decent at this. So we'll give some we'll give some tips and tricks, or at least that work for us, and see what else. Yeah, and then we'll yeah, also besides that too, we'll so. uh, we'll reveal our rosters, and maybe we'll even uh, put up a poll and see if anybody can vote and see which roster is better of the two of Ooh. our drafts. I like that. I like that. Let's do that. 100% we're doing that. All right. I already picked my team. My cool. team's going to win. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> you already voted. You already created the poll, and you, yep. you're already winning. I'm already up 100% team. to that zero. So, <laughs> Dang. Wow. This, that was quick. I like it. So, 
Cool, man. Well, hey, to everybody out there, thanks for seeing things from RV from the bench. I'm Brendan. And I'm Corey. And like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again. Peace. This was a Sycamore 4th Studios production.